Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. There was a Baptist preacher that decided, he and his wife decided they needed to get a dog. So they said, let's go to this place that trains the dogs to do amazing things. So they got this dog and they said, what can he do? They showed him some of the tricks he can do. They were amazed. So they brought this dog and they brought him home. Had some friends over. And he said, watch this. And they told the dog, go get my Bible. Dog ran over, got the Bible, impressed these congregants. Dog brought the Bible back to the preacher. Says, watch this. He can do this too. Watch this. Turn to Psalm 23. Dog with his paw just turned to Psalm 23. They were mesmerized by this. And the people that were there were like, wow, this is amazing. Can he do like normal tricks? Said, yeah, watch this. And they told the dog, heal. Dog jumped up on the couch, put his paw on the head. And started howling. Baptist preacher looked at his wife and said, sweetie, somebody's messing with us. They got us a Pentecostal dog. What does it mean to be Pentecostal? What does it mean to be a a person that desires to see the Spirit of God move in people's lives? That's in essence a lot of what Um, We're going to be answering today, but it's a lot more than that. I'm afraid that through the years, the word Pentecostal has been misconstrued with a lot of different things. We don't have chandeliers in here, or people would be considering us people who just swing on chandeliers. There's a a lot of different perspectives on what it means to be Pentecostal, or what it means to be spirit filled, or what it means. What is all these words? Me. So here on this Pentecost Sunday, I thought it'd be highly appropriate to talk a little bit about what it means because there's some people that come from different denominations and, and different things and understand that my joke, uh, I have a lot of great Baptist friends, understand that that joke was completely a joke. But you understand that there's a lot of different views on what this all means, right? That somehow if you're, if you're this uh, faith Baptist or or Pentecostal, or Catholic, or there's a lot of uh, kind of ideas of what people think you are, or what you should be. Here's what we all should be, reliant on the Holy Spirit, right? That's a good start. And well, the truth is that what I want to do is, um, because I know that um, I, I want to dive into this, because I want to I answer some of these questions of, about Pentecost, and about why the Comforter has come, and both Pastor Corey and Nisa have expressed so beautifully here this morning that we are completely dependent on the God who sees us to see us when we need that comfort. How many have ever been in a position where you needed someone to step in and comfort you? Yeah? How many ever appreciated a friend that you you leaned over and you hugged and they hugged you back and some of them didn't have to say anything, but they stood with you? Those are times you remember, don't you? 
You remember those moments where I don't know what to say. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've leaned over to someone, hugged them, because I didn't know what to say. Guess what? You don't have to. Sometimes there's nothing to say. All we could do is be an extension of the comforter that has come to us. Amen? We are called to be an extension of God. So what is Pentecost as we talk about it here today? Well, let me kind of throw this up to you if you guys will help me out with the media the media team. The history of Pentecost. So the origin of Pentecost, for those of you that don't know, it dates back to the first century. The Feast of Pentecost coincided with the Jewish Feast of Weeks. And that occurs 50 days after Passover. You can find this in Deuteronomy 16, verse 10. According to tradition, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses 50 days after Passover, which freed the Hebrews from bondages, hello, from bondages and the bondage of Egypt. So as the Hebrews settled into Canaan, the feast became a remembrance of sorts of the Lord and his favor in releasing them from that bondage. It celebrated God's deliverance. So, Pentecost is the day that we look in, as we fast forward to the New Testament, Pentecost is also the day, look at me now, that the church was born. The church was born. The church as we know it is born that day. Now watch this. On this day, the Holy Spirit came and he filled the believers in the room that were waiting, that were prepped. They were ready. They were waiting. Listen, the Bible tells us that there were over 500 people that that saw Jesus after his death, burial, and resurrection. But the scripture also tells us a staggering number. Here it is. Only 120 stuck around. Only 120 stuck around. Now, let me be very clear. Some people said, well, these 120 stuck around. Uh, these, 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 these people, there were only 120 on that day. Yes, that's what the Bible tells us. But you'd have to understand something. That, they, that Jesus stood with people and on this earth for 40 days. Now, if you think about it, if you do the math, 40 days he was with the people before he ascended to heaven. Right? Then on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit came. That means that they couldn't even wait 10 days. Some people think that the 120 waited the 50 days. No, 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 no. You only had to wait 10. That's a little over a week. That's a week and a half. Waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So he was with them for 40. So you could do the 40, right? I'll give you the 40. But you couldn't do the 10? Like, it's like right there. It's like collapsing right before the finish line in a race. And that's just, it breaks my heart because that's when God released his, his spirit and his presence in such a powerful way on that day. So Jesus had ascended, but he didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He left us the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, wait, wait. How many love to wait? Raise your hand if you love to wait. Not, not, not a lot of hands. Not a lot of hands. Some of you are like, I can't wait. I can't even wait for the... The auction after the service. I can't wait. Well, I promise you it'll be there when we're done. 
But 50 days after Easter Sunday is where we stand here today, seven weeks or so later. The Greek word for 50 is Pentecost. That whole I pente is that five, that Pentecost name. And you find that in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, where the Bible speaks on how believers waited in Jerusalem. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were filled, as the Bible calls it, in other tongues. And that's another thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. A lot of churches have very different views on that. Can I tell you something? Jesus addressed it, and we'll get to that in a minute. Jesus addressed that there's things that God wants us to do, and there are things that he doesn't want us to do. So let me go into it. The people were amazed that Peter, he preached, 3,000 people came to accept Jesus. How many know that's a great sermon right there? 3,000 people came to know Jesus, came forward, accepted him, however that looked, and they, they got the full-fledged gospel. That Jesus, let me tell you something. When Jesus used Peter before he died, was very different how God used Peter after he resurrected. Why? One, one reason. Watch this. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the difference between Peter, gospel Peter, and Acts Peter. You with me? Everybody got their Bibles? The gospel Peter relied on Jesus. The Acts Peter relied on the Holy Spirit. And the differences are staggering. He couldn't get three people to like him. The gospel Peter had trouble with the disciples even liking him. He got out of the boat, right? He started walking on water. People still started judging him. Oh, there goes Peter again. Walking on water. <laughs> that guy always want to show off, always want to be the first one to talk. But you know what I love? That Peter didn't just walk to Jesus. Watch this now. He walked away from the disciples. He walked away from the crowd. And that'll preach all by itself. Amen? So watch this. What is... What does it mean to have that comforter? Well, depending on the, vi the, the, the Bible version that you carry and you have on a daily basis or whatever you read, the Bible tells us that, there was, um, that Jesus will send us another comforter, according to King James. According to the New American Standard, the Bible says that he will send you a helper. How many appreciate a helper too? How many could use a helper? Some of you, like, if you see my living room right now, you know I could use a helper. Pastor, preach that. The NIV uses the word counselor. Some of you are like, we can use that too, Pastor. No matter which word you use, it all comes down to this. We are in need of a higher power, and that higher power is God, specifically God. The world wants to talk about higher power. Is that right? The world wants to say higher power because they don't want to define or, right? They, they want to say, oh, the, the man, the big guy upstairs. That makes me cringe. Call him by his name, God, Savior, Jesus, my Lord. The big guy upstairs just makes me cringe. So let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you first what the baptism is not. Media team, follow me. What the baptism is not. First thing is I need us to understand the baptism is not the highest form of Christianity. It's not like, you know, once you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've reached the pinnacle of Christian faith. Hallelujah. 
It is not the highest form of Christianity. Nor is it something that we should look at at someone and go, man, Jesus must love them so much more than me. Can I tell you something? The baptism of the Holy Spirit was normal in the first century church. Why? Because there was a sense of reliance upon God that often, let's be honest, I'm going to be straight up. Have I ever been anything but straight up with you guys? So I'm going to tell you like it is. We often don't see God because we don't often feel like we need God. You say, where did the miracles go? God didn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why don't we see them? We're too, sometimes we're so close to God that we consider him just another person in my life. And when that becomes very real, the dullness of faith becomes very real. So let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, it is not the highest form of Christianity. But I tell you what it is. It is the great gift of God and it's distinct part of Christian living. It's a specific part of Christian living. And so here's the focus of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I love this concept and I need you to write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. The, the, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The focus of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in many ways, and it's more than this, trust me, I just don't have the chance to give you into all of it. But here's a really good starting ground for us. Are you ready? Number one, the focus of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the ability for witnessing, that is, lifting Jesus up to others. Right? That's the proclamation, the ability to witness and lift Jesus to others. Listen, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself, right? And so witnessing is lifting Jesus to others. But here's another element of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working in our lives daily. Watch this. It's the ability to intercede, the ability to pray, the ability to press on beyond the flesh. How many know the flesh does not like God? Let's be honest. The flesh does not like obedience. The flesh does not like Standing in reverence of God. The, 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 not, I'm not talking about literally standing, but I'm saying standing for God. That the, the, the flesh doesn't like being crucified. It, and by that, I mean persecution or someone mocking you for your faith. The flesh doesn't like that, so it runs away from it. You know what intercession does? Intercession lifts others up to God. You know, intercession is what Moses did and what spared the people of Israel at the bottom of the hill. Right? He was up on the mountain. At the bottom of that mountain, God was going to destroy all of the people of Israel for creating, um, taking all the gold that God blessed them with. Now, notice this. God blessed all of Israel with this gold. Look at me. Everyone, look at me. He blessed them by getting them gold from their captors back in Egypt. Right? They took that gold, the gold that God gave them, the things that God gave them, the things that God blessed them with, and they took that gold. Everybody say that gold. That gold, they took it, and they molded a golden calf. And God was at the top of the mountain with Moses, and he's like, get out my way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wax these people. Okay, he didn't say that's a Tony Fractured version. That's not what it really said. But I am going to destroy these people because they give credit to a God, lowercase g, and they don't acknowledge me anymore. 
So what did Moses do? Watch this. He interceded on their behalf. Father, don't do it. Lord, you are the one who delivered them. Don't destroy them. And he interceded for them. So, unfortunately, when we look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people get misconceptions on what that is. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to I take the emphasis off of certain things and maybe refocus on what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And here's, the, here's one of the best ways I can kind of um, uh, describe what the baptism is. You go to a store and you purchase something. Right? Pastor Corey, come on up here real quick. So you go to a store. Stand right here. And so Pastor Corey comes and he's going to buy something. He puts it on the table. And that person comes and they go. Exactly like that. That's the, exactly the way it sounds. And they, they give him a call. And so what happens is they say, okay, so and he pays. And then they, they, they give him his product. And then they give him the receipt. For that product, and then imagine if Pastor Corey goes, Great, and then he goes like this I got what I came for. First of all, you would probably stun the cashier for a moment because you threw something way over there. But you're standing there going, This is what I came for. I'm so thirsty. And he's standing there with a receipt in his hand. You know what? When we start focusing on tongues over what God wants to do with that tongue and what he wants to do in your life, you know what we start doing? Can you get me that real quick? I think I threw it too far. You know what we start doing? We start focusing on the receipt, the evidence that I bought the item instead of the actual item that God wants us to have in our lives. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than the evidence that you are filled and you are touched by God. This right here is what you came for. You came for everything that God wants to give you. You came for everything that he wants to minister to you and through you. About. You follow what I'm saying? This is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then what we end up doing is that we start saying, yay, receipt. Instead of saying, I went out and I got something I really wanted or really needed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, what we need to understand is that when he came to purchase this, he wants both. He wants the evidence that he bought that because when you're walking out certain stores, they're going to be like, did you, what, can I see the evidence? And so, especially if you're walking out certain places, right, they're going to check the receipt. Did you buy that? Yep, okay, you're good to go. And so, you're good to go. Right? And so thank you. So give it up for Pastor Corey. What a great, what a great cons consumer and customer you are. Yeah, you're amazing. Just don't throw stuff like I throw stuff. I, that was reckless. But what happens is that we become, we become so focused on the evidence that we forget that he filled you. He touched you with his Holy Spirit for a reason. So there's so many people that want to make so much a focus on the tongue and, 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 all, and, and that part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm so grateful. How many are grateful that God gives us all these gifts? Yes? I'm grateful for all the gifts. And the Bible talks about nine specific gifts that he gives, the, the different gifts of the Spirit. 
right? And I'm going to go into that now because it's, that's a whole lesson all by itself. But, but hear me when I tell you, we're so focused on the one. Well, that's a very important one, right? How many know that we, we need to understand why he gave us this? And so hold on to the gift that God has given you and hold on to that gift that he wants to give you and follow the Holy Spirit's leading so that we can do everything he's called us to give us. How many know that, how many, is that a little bit helpful to you today? Is that helpful to you? That, that the, 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 the tongue that God gives us and when he fills us, that tongue is, is merely that opportunity to show that evidence that God is doing more in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm going to focus on what God wants to do in my life. Amen? And so we have to understand something. There's a lot of things that God wants to do in our life. So understand this. When we are, not, when we are uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, we are a lot of things. We are bold. We are empowered. We are useful to God. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're filled to witness. We're filled to prophesy and speak over people. We're filled to, to love the world, right? That's what we're called to do. This great gift should never be taken lightly or passively. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that just look at it and go, you know what, that's just holy people being extra holy or overly holy. I don't know about you, but if there's anything God has for me, I want it. How many would echo that sentiment today? If there's anything God has for me, listen, if it means discerning of spirits, if it means healing people, listen, I long to be able to just walk into a hospital. Can you imagine walking into a hospital room and just laying hands on people and they're just getting up off the, just laying hands on person after person. No question marks, no wondering, but just laying hands on people. You know what? There's going to be a day that that can and will happen. There's going to be a day that will happen. The question is not if, but when. Not if, but when. When will that happen? You know when that will happen? When people start looking at the receipt and start looking at what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives and how he wants to, watch out, fill us with his presence. Amen? So let's talk about this for a moment. So what, why did God choose this baptism? Well, number one, it deepens our faith and intimacy with God. God wants us to be empowered by his Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you something real quick. I wanted this, I wanted this differentiate between two things. Number one, when you accept Jesus, because there's maybe a misconception that floats around out there, and I want to squash it while I can. There are no two Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, when you accept Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you accept the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. Let's be very clear. Everybody, you get me? I need you to understand something. That's when, when you ask Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Say it with me. He lives in me. That's the indwelling. That is when you accept Jesus as Lord. What I'm also talking about now is the infilling of the Holy Spirit and that gift of the Holy Spirit that operates in other ways. That is a different thing than the indwelling when we uh, when we accept Jesus. Are you following me? That gift is, is it, it acts and, and it does different things in our lives just like the other gifts do, just like healing does, just like discerning of spirits, just like all these other gifts, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts, all these different gifts talked about. Now watch this. When we accept the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives, 
Number one, it deepens our faith and intimacy. Let's look at John 16, 15, and I have it up on the screen here. John 16, 15, all that belong to the Father are mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. In other words, God tells the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us every day of our lives. Did you know that, that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you every day of your life? You with me? If you respond back, I preach shorter. I promise. I just want to get you get what I'm saying. Right? Number two, I need us to understand something. That the Holy Spirit comes into our life to empower our witness. Watch this. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can you imagine for a moment? And I talked with, uh, I talked with uh, some of our, our team this morning. And we talked a little bit about how the, the disciples probably were a little bit torn. If you look at John 16, verse 7, you look at uh, it saying, but I tell you the truth, it is your, for your benefit that I leave and I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking when Jesus said this to them? He's like, Master, what are you talking about? What do you mean it's good that you go away? They just look at me. Everybody look at me. He just walked with them for three years, three and a half years. And he walked with them. He talked with them. He healed people. He, he um, fed people, did all these amazing things with all these people, right? All his disciples. And now he's saying to them, it's good that I leave. And they're like, no, 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 that can't be true. That can't be right. It's not okay that you leave. Stay. Even Peter said, let it not be so. And then Jesus was like, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. And he's like, whoa, 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 come on, what do you mean? Right? So it, they, were, they were not liking this idea. But he said, if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. If I don't go, the comforter cannot come. So he didn't just add the Holy Spirit to the church. He multiplied to the church. Because watch this. Jesus was one person walking around. When he died, when he died, the Holy Spirit poured out to 120. Right? That 12 was a part of that, right? 120. That 120, that 100 became hundreds, became thousands, became hundreds of thousands, became millions. Why? Because somebody said, Okay, God, I accept all that you have for me. Are you with me? Because Jesus was no longer present physically on the earth anymore. And he sent that comfort to them. How many are grateful for the comforter in your life? Amen? So watch this. The Holy Spirit gives, gives a couple things. I'm going to be real simple with this. Watch this. This is going to flash through these three thoughts. Here we go. Number one, he gives conviction for salvation. John 16, 8 and 9 says, when he comes, he will prove the world to be the in uh, prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Look at me. How many how many watch the news and realize that the world does not understand what's wrong anymore? When you got cashless bail and you got people just saying, Hey, oh, I can steal under a thousand dollars and not get arrested for it and not go to jail for it. When I can do all these things and, and you, they want to label it a certain way, right? You want to listen, that's not okay, my friend. 
It's not okay. To steal is not okay. Whether it's $10, a dollar, or $1,000, it's not okay. But the world says, hey, whatever I can get away with, I'm going to get away with because I deserve it. Listen, nobody deserves to be standing doing their job, their nine to five job and get hit with a hammer because you decided to do a smash and grab. We're living in an evil world right now. And, the re- and the, uh, part of the reason why this world has gotten as evil as it was is because they, the, the church took their hands off the world. I'm going to tell you like it is. The church decided, I'm not, I'm going to worry more about what happens in these four walls than what happens in the world. Did you know that we're supposed to steward what happens in this world? That is the church's job. That is our job. Yes, we're supposed to care for each other, and we do. In fact, I think we do that so much better than I think we imagine. But I also understand this, that the reason why there's so much evil in this world is because the church has decided that's their problem. And it is not their problem. We're supposed to step up and respond and love people the way God intended us to love people. Amen? There's a lot of darkness in this world. And who's going to tell them that they're wrong if not the church? Conviction is the Holy Spirit's job. Now listen, what I'm not saying is that it is not our job to convict people. Right? The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts, not the church. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings righteousness, not the church. The Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes, not the church or the pastor. Hello? It is the Holy Spirit in our lives. Romans 1, 8 and 19, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all of godliness, godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. There's a world we're living in today, look at me now, that is suppressing truth. They want your truth and my truth to coincide together. And when my truth contradicts your truth, then you don't have a truth anymore. Can I tell you something? There's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. There is one truth, and his name is Jesus. I don't care what you say or what you believe. Your beliefs don't supersede what this says. Regardless of how you think, regardless of how long you've been a believer, your words and your thoughts don't supersede this, at least not for me. If God says something and you say something, guess who I'm going to believe? I love you, but not that much. Who are we going to, who are we going to obey, God or man? Isn't that what the, isn't that what the apostles said in the New Testament when they would, when they would argue with people and they would, they would uh, debate with people? They were talking with them. They would say, who are we obey, you or man? I mean, sorry, you or God? Who are we going to do? Because there's only one we can. There's one we're going to reject and one we're going to accept. Without the Holy Spirit's conviction, the world will never see the need for God. Is that true? Last thought here, or second thought, regeneration for life. I'm going to shoot through this a little bit. Here it is. Titus 3.5 says, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Come on, somebody. Oh, let me go on right here. He said this, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by what? By what? Holy Spirit regenerates us. He empowers us. He cleans us every single day. How many need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? How many need regeneration of the Holy Spirit? 
How many need that constant flow of him in our lives? Listen, if you don't, if you're stale and you're dry, and all the, a lot of times that's because you haven't asked for the regeneration of the Holy Spirit in you. Regenerate me. Some of you are like, what is regenerate? Well, let me tell you something. Have you ever put your phone on a charger at night? Woke up in the morning and it's fully charged? Okay, question number two. Have you ever put your phone down and not put it in the charger? And you woke up and you're like 5%? Some of you wake up at 5%. Some of you walk through the whole day at 5% because you don't recharge your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have not tapped into your source. And you wonder, why am I so powerless? Why do I feel so weak? Why do I feel this? Why do I feel that? Can I tell you why? You have not tapped into your source. The Holy Spirit is your power. Somebody say, the Holy Spirit is my power. That's your source. That's where you, that's where you regenerate. And so through us, he renews us by his Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old is gone, the new is here. John 3, 3, very truly I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's all there. Can I, can I remind you of something? And, I, and you need to know this. Every week we put these notes on social media, but it's also available on our webpage. If you go to our website, wearefreedomlife.com, Every sermon for the last three years, almost every single one of them, about probably 90, 95% of them, all had the notes for that sermon right online. So you can download them, you can watch them, look at them, whatever. Take this, don't just take what I say and like, oh, that's what Pastor Tony said, so it's one. Read it, study it, do it for yourself. Get your own study going and understand that Jesus Christ wants to move in your life through the power of his Holy Spirit. Third thing is this, he empowers us for witness. Make no mistake, the apostles were not surprised on the day of Pentecost that they spoke in tongues. Watch this, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Not only that, Mark 16, 17, here it is. Are you ready? And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons and will speak in new tongues. Who's speaking here? Who's speaking here? Jesus. Jesus said, he, listen, you will cast out demons. You will heal people. You will speak in tongues. That is part of the New Testament church. And I'm telling you right now that there's a, there's a feeling that God wants to do in this place. And he wants to touch people. And some of you have been wanting to to be used by God in such powerful ways. Can I tell you something? Look at me. I need you to know that there are nine gifts, not one. There are nine gifts that God wants to give you, and he wants to give you more than one. I have yet to meet a person that has all nine. Corey comes close. I'll tell you what, Corey. That's amazing, man. But I have yet to meet somebody that has all the giftings and everything encapsulated. Why? Because God gives everyone gifts for a specific purpose. And some of you have gifts and you don't even know it today. What I'm praying is that God will reveal those to you. And here it is. You ready? 1 Corinthians 1, sorry, 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Watch this. Unity. Right? They were all together in one place. Some say one accord. That is not a Honda. That is a place. 
They just talked about where they were. Suddenly a sound blowing like a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Listen, they were waiting. They were waiting and something happened. Listen, you know what the church lacks today? And I'm going to close with this thought for a moment. Not close the whole thing, but just kind of bring to my, my sermon to a wrapping. Here it is. Ready? The biggest problem we have as a church is waiting. We want that microwave Jesus. We want that popcorn Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? We got the, anybody ever seen those buttons on your microwave? Like reheat, you know, whatever, whatever. And then popcorn. That's a, that's, that's a worn out button in my house. There's a lot of popcorn that happens there. Where you hit popcorn and it's supposed to pop it exactly the way it's supposed to be. There's people that, that live their Christian lives as if somehow we're supposed to press popcorn. We're supposed to press Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, now nuke me. Holy Spirit, power from on high. Boop. Shoo. All right. Off to the next thing I go. But you know what sometimes it means? Sometimes it's waiting on God. So watch this. What, what causes us to not wait on God? Watch this. I'm just going to mention one because there's a bunch. Everyone has different reasons, but one of them is pride. One of them is pride. And oftentimes, because of that pride, we become a different people. I got so much more. I'm going to have to put these notes online. Maybe I'll come back and preach more of this. I have so much notes, but here, here's what I'm saying to you. How many times has pride got in your way? How many times has pride got in the way of what it is that God wants to do in your life? And you thought to yourself, uh, I don't really need to do that. I don't really need to go that far. I really don't need to. I really don't need to. I really don't need to. Can I tell you something? We, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And yes, we do. Come on, bow your heads all across this room. Bow your heads all across this room. Father, I pray that when pride tries to come, may we not be disgraced or set apart. Lord, in such a way that will cause us to be a people that don't hear you. Father, I come against pride in Jesus' name. We ask you, come, Holy Spirit. And however and however you want to come, come, Holy Spirit. Father, we're grateful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're grateful on this day of Pentecost, oh God, that we remember what you did in filling those people in the upper room. God, I'm asking you to fill us too. I'm asking you to fill us too.